Has there been a more intriguing person in the AFL in the past 20 years? I doubt it. He has the ultimate incredibility as a premiership player and a Brownlow medalist. Yet he has been, and probably still is, football's wild child. Dane Swan. How you going, mate? Now, like all football lovers, I know your on-field persona. What's the real Dane Swan like? Well, not too dis dissimilar from what you see on the football field in the media. I've never changed for anyone. I haven't conformed because people in the media expect you to act a certain way. So I'm just me. I don't know. You know, you're probably better off describing me. I'm someone who um, enjoys themselves, likes to have fun and try and you know, have a smile on my face everywhere I go and enjoy life. We've only got one, so you might as well make it a good one. Are you rebellious or are you just a free spirit? Well, I've only been in trouble with the law once, Mike, so... And that was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my footballing career, so... What happened um, there? Well, we got into a blue when I was 18 or 19 with three of us and five security guards and, you know, one thing led to another and there was a... There was a blue and, you know, that... You know, no one likes to be in trouble with the law, but without that, I probably would have played another one a year or two of footy and then got the arse, but I got told I was going to be sacked and, you know, you don't know what you've got to it's gone is very cliche and you know um, when I thought I was going to be sacked I was like shit you know playing footy is actually not a bad lifestyle you know and I tried to I tried my hardest to stuff it up my first couple of years I got some great memories from my first couple of years of footy but none of them got to do anything with football they're all you know off-field stuff so um, you know I didn't deserve to be on an AFL list I was just clogging up a spot for someone else who wanted it and was trying and then got told I was going to be sacked and that was when I thought you know what Playing footy is not a bad gig, and I'd no other skills, so let's let's try and give us a crack and see what happens. Well, there was a view that you saw football as just the means to a busy social life. Absolutely, yeah, clearly. Um, I thought playing AFL was all about getting drink cards and going out and doing your best on a Saturday night. Mm. My first couple of years, and that's exactly what I did. And um, yeah, so so clearly, I, I didn't deserve to be on a list. And I wasn't. And the other thing was, I wasn't a very good footballer then either. So I don't know how I managed. To stay around, I'm like a cockroach. They just couldn't get rid of me. They couldn't kill me, so <laughs> but you I can't, hang around. You can't play at the level you did and not have the natural talent, though. Yeah, it was a slow burn. I think you know, my old man said I just I got better every single year from like the age of ten. Um, you know, you see a lot of kids who are 16, 17, and they're filled out and they're, they're big bodies already. I just gradually got better and got more confident in my career. And you know, I didn't get going until 2006, seven. So it did take me a while, and I had to fill in, I had to fill out, and I had to learn. How to, how to train and how to be an elite athlete because I certainly wasn't in my first few years at Collingwood. You were taken at number 58 in the 2001 National Draft. Was that a fair indication of what your junior talent was like? Well, I didn't think I should be drafted at all. Didn't you? Um, no, not really. I played three good games in my whole junior career, now the three finals at the Cannons, and we happened to win the flag. So, And I was a 17-year-old, so from what I, I think, I probably got drafted on the back of maybe having a good year in the Cannons in the under-18s as, as a top age player and then maybe going a bit higher. But I, AFL wasn't a, a dream of mine. I didn't, I didn't want to play AFL. I just fell into it. Um, but you grew up in a footy family, didn't you? Yeah, your of course. Your father, Billy, was a champion VFA player. Yeah, he was a star in the VFA back in the day. But um, they never, he never pushed playing AFL on me. He never was one of those dads that ran and raved. Um, yeah, I think he did it once when I was under-16s. When, he was on, when I was on the field playing for West Meadows, and apparently I sat down, crossed my legs and stuck my fingers in my ear for about five minutes while the ball was going on around me. So Is I think that he, right? Yeah, so I think he learnt pretty quickly. What would prompt you to do that, Dane? I just didn't like being yelled. I don't know, he was probably, he was probably telling me something I didn't want to hear. And it was all probably correct, but I just didn't want to hear that I wasn't doing what I should be doing. So I was like, 
I'm going to sit down, I'm going to protest. <laughs> so it didn't happen again. Some of the recruiters of the day said that they, this I'm paraphrasing here, that they thought you were a larrikin, the work ethic was questionable and your kicking was um, fair. Yeah, well, fair's probably a nice thing. Um, I don't think it ever got better than fair, to be honest, my kicking. Um, yeah, well, I probably didn't change throughout my whole career. Um, no, I don't think that's true. I think you made yourself an efficient kick. Yeah, well, I, I did what I had to. Um, well, like I said, talking to you before, um, I couldn't do a lot with it, so I had to get it a lot to be able to have an impact, so that's what I did. I ran around, tried to get it as many times as I could and um, give it to people in easy spots. You're, I talked before about the intrigue, and I'm genuinely intrigued by you. I don't know you well off the field, but I know, like everyone else, what you've done on the field. You seem to me to be like your mate, Sam Newman. You don't genuinely give a fig about what people think about you. Is that true? Yeah, well, I, I, clearly my friends and family and the people I care about, I care, but, you know, I, I just don't understand why people care about what people think about them that they don't know or care. Like, just because um, someone in the media writes an article about me saying I should be this, I should be that, I've absolutely zero interest in conforming to what people I don't give a hoot about, you know, conforming to. It doesn't interest me one bit. So as long as my friends and family, you know, look me in the eye and tell me they're happy with me, you know, that's all I can do. I will never change but for But they anyone. don't always do that, do they? No. No, Dad <laughs> rang me yesterday and said, Dane, please don't say anything to get you on the front page of the paper. So <laughs> no, feel you ask free, me. mate. Feel you know, free. Well, it what you ask me. I'm like, I've always <laughs> been honest. But, um... No, well, my grandma says I've never done anything wrong in my life, so no. that helps. Grandmas do that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. no, listen, mum and dad have probably been, you know, disappointed in some of the things I've done, but in the end, they love me and will support me mm. all the time. Mm. I think they probably are more proud that I've done it my own way than than try to conform and try to be someone I'm not, because I've never tried to be someone I'm not. I'm just, I am who I am. If you like it, well, that's great. And if you don't, well, bad luck. Are you puzzled at the number of times you find yourself at the centre of a public storm? Um, oh, yes and no. Sometimes I, I put myself in it and sometimes I can't for the life of me believe that it's a news story. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the most recent one was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. your, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at, you know, it's a half hour, this might be an hour of this show, but <laughs> we're probably going to spend 15 minutes talking about a stupid podcast, which completely no, baffles me. No, I'm me. not going to know, but, uh, but I think it's worth raising. Yeah, I'm because, happy to talk about it because, because I've got some... This is where Dad probably is going to be a bit nervous, but <laughs> um, oh, for the life of me, the absurdity of how much the podcast article or scandal, whatever you want to call it, carried on, was, is, was laughable to me. Scotty Cummings sat in that very chair uh, a month ago and broke down when I was talking to him about the fallout from that podcast. Yeah. You lost your job as the coach of one of your boys' under-12 mm. footy teams. Mm. How did that feel? I mean, that's almost oh. the most humiliating of the lot, uh, isn't it? it? probably hurt me the most. Yeah. Yeah, because I... Um... Because I love those little bikes. They're just they're awesome kids, and they're having a really they were having a really tough year. I hadn't won a game, but their improvement from round one to, to where we got to was just enormous. So proud of them, so proud of them, and, and they meant a lot to me. Um, so to have um, apparently it was a, a split committee. Mm. Um, to have people who 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 don't know me, um, who have, have read what they've read, decide that was really hurt, really hurt me. So the secretary rang you? Is that, no, uh, president. President. president um, they came and saw me. Yeah. And um, president and acting uh, president of the, of the sports club that embodies it all. They came and sat down and had a chat. Said, "Look, it's probably not going to go your way if it gets escalated." I said, "You know, what do you want to do?" You know, I said, "Well, it's under 12s footy. Let's you know, leave the boys alone. Let's mm. you know, if you want me to go, I'll go." 
So, um, but had a, you know, enormous support from the, the parent group, was, which was phenomenal, um, and that helped a lot. But that, that was probably one of the biggest kicks in the guts. Yeah. You know, how, did you expect, how did you explain that to your boy? Um, well, I had no choice but to say, listen, I've, I've stuffed up, and I did address the boys as well. I said, look, I'm, I'm not quitting on you, I don't want to leave you, but I've made a big mistake, all right? And I've said some things I didn't mean to say, and I'm, I'm going to pay a big price for it. And I'm really sorry, fellas. So I had to take ownership. These boys need to know. And that's probably part of the learning curve for me, but also for them. These are 11-year-old 11, 11 boys. But it starts there. Mm. It starts there. Mm. And uh, so they, they need to know that I'd, I'd made a big mistake. And, uh, but I'm owning my mistake and, and, we, and we get on with it. What did Naomi, your wife, happen to say? Uh, um, I'm sorry, it's, I know it's painful. No, no, it's just, All the other stuff I can talk about, like losing OW, losing Croc. This is... Um, this is the disappointing bit, you know. My wife having to deal with that upsets me. Mm. Um, family. That upset me. Now, we're talking about sexual antics. Yeah. Not yours or his. No. But uh, in broad terms, um, yeah. bullying of women. Well, okay, well, that's your opinion. In context, it looks horrible, absolutely, like if you read it on a piece of paper. But in, I think we were laughing at the absurdity of it, saying that's disgusting, or who would do that? And that's what we were doing. We weren't saying go out and do this and no, have no. a laugh and to report back and see if, you know, like, so that, you know, that annoyed me. Um, and, and I'll go to my grave saying that we were okay. I didn't, and if people are upset about it, you're upset about it. Don't listen to the podcast. It's not for everyone. I don't listen to podcasts about gardening because I don't <laughs> care about gardening. Yeah. And I understand if people are upset, that's completely fine. That's their prerogative. But we're not on breakfast radio. We, you don't have to listen to us. And I understand that people in the media have jobs to write articles which get clickbait and that's how they get their jobs. That's fine. But what upset me is, or hurt me, or pissed me off, is when they ring Camo's work and say, what are you doing about this? Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, understand why people want to see people burn. Like, write your article and move on. Well, that's, you know, if you're upset about it, fine, write your article and say, you've got an opinion, you didn't like it, it is what it is, you have your opinion, I have mine. But don't ring Camo's work and say, what are you doing about him? What mm. action are you going to take? Like, it's... Sort of agitating for him to be dismissed. Yeah, and yeah. they went after the low-hanging fruit. They can't come after me because I don't have a job in the media. Ralphie works for himself. So I go after Paul Scott, who's the best bloke out of us all, <laughs> the amazing family man and a great media commentator and a great storyteller. They go after him and he, they ruin his, nearly ruin his life. It seemed to me that, that it turned his life on its head. Absolutely. We, we agreed on that. But your view seemed to be, well, to those who are agitating, why don't you just get a life? Yeah. Is that a fair appraisal? Yes, ab absolutely. Well... Look, it baffles me that it's a podcast is is a huge news story, and then, you know, three weeks later, you know, a guy named Jason Smith comes out and writes articles saying what kind of man? Like, piss off! Like, it's got nothing to do with it anymore. It's been three weeks. Mm. Like, let it go. It's all died down, and he was just acting for clickbait. Like, it's it's ridiculous, and I feel really feel sorry for Scott, and he's manned up and he's owned it, and you know, companies have sacked him, and I think, like, look at Alan Jones. He's on the same. Works with 3W or whatever it is, and he 
says something about you know one of the greatest women alive, New Zealand's PM, and he gets nothing because he makes money for the company. So they mm. they they get rid of the low hanging fruit come because he doesn't make money for so the it's company. So critical. Of course, it's hypocritical. But if you come out and just say, listen, we own it. We he makes money for the company, so there's different rules for different people. We all know that. But just say, don't get rid of Camo and make a big stance, and then a month later, you go radio silent. Wouldn't the wouldn't the the tougher thing to do be go right? Oh, he's made a blue. Let's support him. Mm. Take him through some counselling or make him meet with whoever he met with. Give him a couple of weeks off and bring him back and nurture him and support him. Don't just leave him, hang him out to dry. Do, yeah, that's a fair point. Did you consider, or you, of course you considered? Why did you not take that um, podcast down? Given well, what do the you mean? Well, we have, I think. I actually don't know how to do that. It's, that's Ralph. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, because, and I think because. I think taking it down is an admission of guilt. I don't think we're, gu we're guilty of being idiots and, you know, okay. being a dickhead, yeah. absolutely. But um, and probably if Camo wanted it down, absolutely, because we're here to support our mate. And I feel horrible for, for Camo. And if I was somewhere I could get him a job back in the middle, I mm. would. Like, he's an amazing, you know, and to lose his footy, you know, the coaching of his... Yes, the junior team. Like, you know, come that's on. That's over the top. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a great man. Everyone at that footy club would know how much of a great man he is and what... What he's done in his life, and to, to give him to be asshole like how he has is, you know, is horrible. How'd your parents go with that? Um, with my with the podcast, yeah. Um, they that specific uh, part of the podcast. Um, well, the people I spoke to, well, they probably don't have a big problem with no, it. Your parents? Oh, well, yeah, they. Dad just was, a, you know, I don't want to get that in trouble, but he was like, it's you know, it's a podcast. He's probably along my view, mm -hmm. you know, to be honest, but. Um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of women out there probably don't enjoy the podcast, but, but there's a lot of women that do. They write in and say that they have, a, they have a great laugh. And there's a lot of people that have mental health problems that have emailed us say, you know, the one you know, hour of our week, you know, the, we, you know, we forget about our problems are your podcast. So it works both ways, is in my opinion. But Does mum or dad ever say, listen, take a breather, Dane, just slow down? Um, oh, not really. They, they know who I am and... You, you, so you, you're, you can tell me in, from your heart, you don't go looking for trouble what in a social I, context. What do you mean, like on social media and a podcast and stuff? Yeah, like? and your Twitter. So I mean, you're pretty, you're prolific on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I, th I find social media to be fun. Like, I, I don't do it to try and get myself in the paper. No, but you whack people. Well, they whack me. So why wouldn't mm. I? Like, I don't have a, I don't play in AFL anymore. So when you're playing AFL or you've, you've got a job like come on stuff, you can't or you work in the media, you can't have your say because you're too worried sponsors will come mm. over the top or your boss will come over the top. I don't have a boss. So now I'm, I'm going to be Robin Hood for the, for the people that deserve it. <laughs> I'm going to come in over the top and if people deserve a clip, you know and especially trolls, they troll play, so I just give it back to them. And I, no, I do it in good fun. I don't do it to be nasty. Mm. I just do it for a laugh and to entertain and just to enjoy myself. I don't, I don't do it to be nasty or to try and make people upset. And if I do... Like I would apologise, but um... but you don't you don't mind, and I don't have an issue with this either. But you're happy if you see an issue and you think the person who's posted that's out of order, you whack them. Absolutely. Well, yeah. why is it okay? Why is it good for the goose and not for okay. the gander? Right. Okay.
the tats, we're all fascinated with them. You've got enough ink on you to write a book. Mm. Why? Mate, that's a very good question. Um, you're talking about my mum and dad, yeah, this is the one thing they don't like. But um, mate, I, when I was growing up, tattoos never interested me. They was just, I was got, I'm a very impulsive person, mate, which probably gets me into trouble more than often or not. It's probably why I find myself in the front, of the page, front page of the paper. But um, I'm very impulsive and woke up one morning and said, as 22 or 23, and thought I'm going to go get a tattoo. And got it on my stomach because in my head I was like, while I'm playing footy, I'll never get him where you can see him. That lasted two weeks when I got my arm done. <laughs> and, you know, they, they can be addictive. I got one and just, just kept going. When did you start? 22, 23. Yeah? Yeah, so I was a late bloomer of the tattoos, <laughs> yeah. But um, I've certainly made up for You got them. a favourite? On my next one, as they always say. Next one, yeah. But yeah. is there one that's got, well, got particular premiership. significance? I've got a premiership one, obviously. Yeah. You know, all the pictures and stuff like that, they're just pictures, man. I wasn't blessed with beautiful olive skin, so I might as well cover <laughs> myself in colours. But it's all the little stupid ones, you know, you get you know, half drunk or you get away that, that bring back some memories. So they're, they're probably the ones that mean the most. Dane, who's that bloke? Oh, man, it scares me to think. Um, it's not great, is it? Well, well, it looks all right to me. Yeah, well, it doesn't to me. Um, oh, my goodness. Do you know when that... It must have been 2000. Three, two thousand four, maybe. Um, so you don't like the look, that look? I look weird. I look naked. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks odd now. Yeah, yeah, very odd. There's a perception about you, even during your playing days, that you were a big drinker. Is that, is that fair? Well, it depends what you classify as a big drinker. Well, I suppose a regular drinker. Well, look, I, 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 I still don't. I don't go home on a Monday and drink a six pack or drink a, you know, a glass, a bottle of wine on my own. No, I don't. I, I drink when I'm so when I'm out being social. So mm. if that classifies me as a big drinker, well, so be it. But you know, I drink one, two nights, one night a week. You know, the night I'm on the night on the weekend, I'm going out, or you know, if we mean you ever go out for dinner, Mike. You know, we <laughs> might knock over a bottle of wine, but I don't we'll do sit more on, than that. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't sit. I don't. I'm not going to drive home from here and go, geez, I can't wait to smash yep, yep. twelve beers. I don't. I don't really particularly like the taste of alcohol. I'd rather drink water, but I drink it to for a certain reason. What about the night? 2012, when you drank during the season. Um, yeah, what about it? Well, you got rubbed out for that, didn't you? you? Got suspended by the club. Uh, yeah, for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Was it was that fair? Well, yeah, well, I broke team rules, so yeah, yeah. it was fair. Oh, well, I'm clearly clear not going to be happy about missing footy, but they are the rules. Um, so. So we, were you were you at home or were you out? We... No, I was out. Yeah. I went out. It was and you were birthday. spotted, were you? Uh, yeah. Well. They knew, so I assume so. I didn't tell them. Did you own up? Uh, not initially, but I did, and yeah, well, I had to. They said I was never going to play again until I did, so. Yeah. So, yeah. You were never to... going to play again? Yeah. Yeah. They so said you won't play again until you do, so. Oh, really? I think that's what I was getting, and yeah, mate, the footy club were good. You know, four footy clubs are great. They, they had a problem. I, I, it was my fault, so you own it, you move on. Was that the occasion that Eddie gave Pickers, your manager, a Fearful spray at Collingwood? Jeez. Um, that... I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I actually can't remember that. I remember that certain time, but I can't remember what reason it was for. You it remember was... the time, though, that yeah, absolutely, Eddie yeah. launched into Liam Pickering? Yeah, that was a scary moment. Who yeah. for? Well, I was sitting there. I was just standing, sitting up there. At least by the end of that spray, I was un underneath the table. I was hiding. <laughs> I was like, Pickers, you're making this worse for me. <laughs> but, um, but my Ed's probably given me three of the biggest sprays I've ever had. But Ed has, yeah. Yeah, and I've deserved them all. But in saying that, once he gets it out, like, he's 
probably been the most supportive person. In, him, him and probably Jeff Walsh have probably been the two most supportive people in my whole career at the footy club. So I owe them an enormous deal. They could have sacked me multiple times. But so why would Eddie me. have chosen to uh, launch into you? Well, well, for many reasons. Probably I was doing the wrong thing off the field. And like? Oh, like, obviously, obviously, like, you know, going out and then probably bringing the Collingwood name into disrepute and bringing negative press to Collingwood. You know, mm. it's Eddie's love child, you know. It's a, it's a job he probably gets the most stress under and it's one he doesn't get paid for. It's one he loves the most. So, um, and, mate, I understand when I do the wrong thing, I deserve to be clipped. And But I was always going, you know, did I, conf I just I wanted to enjoy myself while I was playing the greatest game in the world. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to... You know, I wanted to take everything I could of playing AFL, whether it meant off the field, on the field, you know, nice things. I wanted everything I could while I was playing the great game. You're a great example of a contemporary player, but my view is you probably should have played in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, they didn't get the money they got. No. Yeah. No, they didn't get much money, but the lifestyle that you live is a throwback to... Well, yes and no. I don't, I don't smoke or... Um, you know, I, th I, I did what I had to to get by, um, like to train and, and to get myself ready for games. I hardly missed until I hurt my foot. Um, yeah, I'd like to enjoy myself, but um, that's just what it is. I, I decided reasonably early on that, you know, sacrifice a little bit of my footing, sacrifice less of my, you know, social life um, because I wanted to... I didn't want... You know, family and friends, for me, were always going to be number one and they are always going to be there no matter whether I was, a, you know, a council worker, where I was playing mm. AFL or where I was a, you know... You know, astronauts. So, um, which, which was I, I, doubt that's, I doubt that's ever going to happen. But um, you know, I didn't want to miss birthdays. I didn't, want, I didn't want to miss you know friends, you know functions and stuff like that. And I didn't want to miss hanging out with my friends. So, yeah, I probably took a little way, a little bit off my footballing career. But you know, I wouldn't want to take it back for the world. I've made some amazing you know friends and memories over me being mm. who I was, and some amazing friends from being out and met some. And it's made, being out has probably given me the businesses that I have today because of, you know, me being, you know, out and about and being me. But your sense of discipline was pretty good where your footy was concerned, wasn't it? You were able to recover an enormous amount of ground playing games. I mean, you had games where you just get rack up 30 possessions in a, or more week after week. Yeah, well, I think, you know, once the ball came out, like, mm. I... Just because the way I was didn't mean I didn't care. Just because I liked to enjoy myself and have a laugh and, and be a bit, you know, I was very laid back and relaxed. You know, don't mistake that for the fact that I didn't care about winning and mm. playing well. I wanted to, you're, playing, you're going out there, why wouldn't you want to be the best player on the ground every week? Sure. Like, yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense to me. So I wanted to be out there and I wanted to be the best person on the ground every time I played. So I tried to be. And, um, yeah, I was as competitive as anyone. I just did it with a smile on my face because when I'm at my best as a person, I think it's when I'm relaxed and enjoying myself. So I was like, why wouldn't that translate to playing footy? So people run around tense on a footy field and that's great for them. But for me, I just waste so much energy if I was running around mm. tense, like trying to hurt, trying to hit someone or being angry for, for no reason. When I was laid back and relaxed and loose, I found it easier to perform well. So that's what I did. Interesting contrast in your two coaches, Mick, yeah. Mick Malthouse and Nathan Buckley. I think you probably played the best football of your career under Mick. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Three best and fairest. Did Mick turn a blind eye to your occasional lapses in, of discipline? Yeah, we, yes, is a short answer. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and this was probably just before the, the new era of the player and, the, you know, the new era of coach and stuff like that. So back when I was getting going, it was probably more of a results-driven league anyway. Mm. So as long as you 
played well, he sort of got, you know, a little bit of leeway. And this is more for, you know, the 10, 12, 13 blokes who played every week. But mind you, if you had a couple of bad ones in a row, like, you know, you were you know, an angel, you were doing everything right until you got yourself back on your feet and started playing with footy again. But, but yeah, and I think, you know, the Rat Pack or, you know, the, those players loved it because we knew we had to perform mm -hmm. game day. And, you know, Mick was like another father. He was like, boys, all right, this week, shut it down so you would or, you know, you know you'd know, come in and have a laugh if you played well, so... Was uh, there a Red Pack? Well, your ex-paper named it, yeah. so... Um, but did it exist? Well, What are we talking about? Swan, Benny uh, Johnson, Alan Didak, Daisy Thomas, yeah, Heath, Heath Shaw. Chris Tarrant, yeah. yeah. Well, well, clearly it did, yeah. But, you know, you could have called, you no know, Bucks... Liquor, you know, Jimmy, you could have called all them, you know, the, the perfect, yeah, the nerd group or <laughs> yeah, the perfect yeah. group, whatever. And, or, yeah. But we, the Rat Pack just stuck because I think it was after Shad Wellingham got done drink driving, we lost the million dollar TSC mm -hmm. drink driving campaign. Um, on the Monday, it had, the Herald Sun had Collingwood's Rat Pack and had like pictures of rats with their actual heads on it, <laughs> I think, yeah. I so, remember that. So, and then it had all like indiscretions and yeah. it made, we didn't, it just stuck. We, did, you, did that offend you? No, we loved it. Did you? We, we, it's a term of endearment. Like, oh, to be called rats? Yeah, the Rat Pack. But, mm. And not every footy club I go to, I speak to and stuff like that, they're always like, hey, this one this is our version of Collingwood's Rat Pack. Mm. And I think why it's stark, because the supporters and stuff, we weren't just clogging up a list. We were normal guys who did We'd never seen ourselves better than anyone else. We were just normal people doing normal things that normal 25 to 30-year-olds do. Just we happen to be playing on the MCG in front of 80,000 on the weekend. We didn't... You know, think we're better than us. We hung around with our same mates. We all had a big group. We just were normal kids doing normal things, just happened to be on the MCG. And when the ball needed to be won, or it was halfway mm. through third and something needed to happen, yep. most likely it was one of the Rat Pack that would do something about it. Are you the only one that survived to play under Bucks? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. By the end, man, I was eating lunch on my own because everyone I've become friends with got the arse. <laughs> so no one would sit next to me at lunch. But... Yeah, it was disappointing. It'd be lovely to have Heath still there. But you know, it was great for his career. Tomo went to Carlton. Johnny retired. Tazza hung him up. Dids got sacked. So is that a, that's about it. Sharad went to WA. So, yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately. But Bucks was going in a different direction. And, you know, for probably three or four years, they probably didn't look like it was going to work out. But Did you enjoy playing on the Bucks? Yeah, like, it was fine. Um, we were losing, so it didn't help. Mm -hmm. um, winning... You know, I'm talking about more your personal relationship with the yeah. coach. People, for some reason, think I have a problem with Nathan. I, I probably see Nathan more socially. I clearly see Nathan more socially than I do Mick. And that's, you know, we don't hang around all the time, but, it, you know, we swim in sort of random circles mm. every now and then at a birthday or something like that. So I actually see Nathan more than I do Mick, but I've never had a problem with Bucks. Oh, sometimes I didn't like the way I... Like when I got suspended for two weeks, clearly. I, you know, sometimes I didn't like the way that... Um, he was coaching me because I thought I had certain leeways probably with, mm. before that and certainly got straightened up and should quick you, smart. Should you or, no, should, well, or should there be a rule across the board? Well, well, it depends. Well, that's a hard one. I guess these days it's... Um, these days it's probably everyone gets the same rules, but I think there's leeway for certain people. Well, ev Players get coached differently, so why... Yeah, OK. Yeah, good point. Good point. How long should Ed stay as president? As long as he wants. 
As long as he wants. Yeah. yeah. Well, club was cooked when he got to it. Mm. It was on its knees, and he's turned into the biggest, most powerful sporting club in Australia. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say is it's probably uh, whether it's affected his health or his stress levels. But if even if it's not the president, you tell me he's not going to hang around and have influence at the footy club? Well, of course he is. He loves he, it too much. He can only do it in the role as president, though. He couldn't be subservient, could he? No, well, no, he can't be subservient in anything, Ed. But no. um, he, des he deserves the right to have it as long as he wants because he's transformed the club into the powerhouse it is today. So, um, But hopefully, you know, he, he gives up when time's right. He spends time with his family because, you know, he's spent a lot of time dealing with idiots like me over the footy club. So <laughs> it's about time he has some family time. How are you making a living these days? Just battling away, mate, trying to keep the lights on. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I've got the, the pub in town, the Albion, a tattoo shop. You know, do some... Sorry, you mentioned the Albion. Yep. That's your pub. Yep. It burnt down, didn't it? It did, yeah. How did you feel when there was clear suggestions yeah, in well, the community that you might have had a box of matches in your pocket at one point? Oh, yeah, well... You know, like it's ridiculous. But did you? But do, do you get offended by that? Not really. If I get offended, by, if I got offended by everything <laughs> said about me, I'd be offended 24 hours a day. And life's too short to worry about yeah, negative okay. stuff. Okay. If I if yeah. I had done it, I'd have yeah. been shit myself. Going these people, why these people yeah. right now? Because I'm trying to get away with something. But you know, it's it is what it is. It's it's laughable, and um, you know, it's just people trying to clickbait. It's once again, it's people trying to draw conclusions about me because I am who I am. When GWS came into the comp, did you nearly go there? Not that I'm aware of. You're not? So there was... Well, they may have been trying to trade no, me. Well, I'm, well, you would have known if that... No, I don't Ever I was... Well, I'm not inside meetings when they're trying to trade people and that, but Bucks may have tried to trade me. I was um, part of the rap pack, so he may have tried to boot me, but um, now, as far as I'm concerned, I was never leaving Collingwood. Too lazy to leave, mate. I loved everyone there. I loved the club. <laughs> I lived 15 minutes away. You know, I knew what I couldn't couldn't get away with. Um, loved everyone there. Loved the I loved playing in front of 80,000. Why would I go to a club that played in front of 10,000? 2010, pretty good year for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was 820 year. disposals that year. That's a lot of footy, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Well, you know it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. Was that your best year? Probably the most consistent. I think 2011, when I come back from Arizona... Probably the best 10-game patch I'd played, but 2010 overall was was consistent. Obviously, we got the the flag in the end, so um, yeah, that was that was definitely my my best year. You mentioned Arizona. Let's stay in the states. What's the appeal of Las Vegas to Dane Swan? Um, well, it's probably more the appeal of getting overseas and getting away from the eyes that are in Melbourne. Um, you know, you can have a beer on a Tuesday arbor. You can go out and just sort of relax without. You know, having camera, especially in these days, everyone having a camera phone mm. now trying to film you doing something wrong or just film you just enjoying yourself. So, and, you know, it's good for Bucks parties now because it's like a party sort of town. But, you know, we, we go there and we, we don't just go there. You go there for three days, have, you know, a blowout, then you move on to, you know, LA, New York, the rest of the world. Do you work yourself over as much as the uh, media reports would indicate? 
Oh, I'm still standing, Mike. So you know, so you know, if I did that, I'd be dead. You're pretty fit, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. but uh, listen, why don't do anything different to what every other kid does on a footy trip? Just because we played AFL doesn't mean we have some magic potion that makes us drink any more or party any harder. We're we're only human, so we just like to enjoy ourselves and like it's a party. You know, the pool parties are fun. The nightclubs fun. You get the big DJ. So you go there for two or three days. Enjoy yourself, then you move on and, and relax. Sit on a beach in Mexico or sit in LA and chill out and eat nice food. So, you went away with Dan, uh, Dustin Martin at one point, did you? Yeah, we've been away last four or five years Have together. Yeah. So you're tight, obviously, if you're, you're travelling with him. No, no, we hate each other, Mike. We no, 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 no it's a silly question. I was yeah, sure no, of that. Yeah, no, but of course. Are you a mentor to him? Do you oh, talk for to him? Um, a, a little bit, a little early on, probably before he. Now, mate, he doesn't need me telling him how to play football, but. Initially, probably a little bit, just how to, you know, how to deal with the tag and just the pressures that come with having a huge profile at a huge club. But, mm. but, um, but yeah, mate, he doesn't need me telling him what to do now. He's he's got his head screwed on well, and he's got a lot of, you know, mentors at the footy club. And um, he's flying. He's going really well. He's... It'd be a good battle, uh, Swan at his peak against Martin at his peak. I wouldn't like to be down on him at full back. I'd much no. rather play on him, play on him in the midfield than yeah. sitting at full back watching the ball come in one on one. It'd be a scary thought. Would you ever say to him when he's in the midfield that sometimes he's got to chase his man? I kicked a goal on him. Yeah, he, he give me, a, he give me a free kick you know, yeah. inside fifty, and I kicked one on him. That's about the only thing I've ever done on him. What um, have you ever been embarrassed by anything you've done? Um, uh, yes and no. Obviously the. The video and stuff like that, but but in the end, yeah. um, that was the, the matter that went to court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mate, everything I've done has made me the person I am today. And you know, I, you know, they say you win or you learn, and all your mistakes, if that's what you want to call them, you know, you, you learn from them and you try and become a better person from it. Now, I think I am. A lot of people would probably argue after the <laughs> what's happened in the last couple of months, but um, I think I'm a much better person now than what I was when I started playing AFL or a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. So. Um, you know, do I regret anything? Not really, because it's made me the person who I am today. When, you, when you're, um, for example, photographed with Mick Gatto or Toby Mitchell, do you ever think, should I be in this situation or not? Well, y yes and no, but if people... I'm not going to be rude to someone. Like, as much contrary to what people think, I'm actually a pretty nice guy and I'm very polite. Oh, I, have, I have time for everyone if someone comes up and wants a photo. So I understand that they are the people that, that made Dane mm. Swan, Dane Swan. They're, without them... I certainly wouldn't be sitting here having the profile I had and having, you know, the, the things that are doing the things that I do because of the fans that have supported me through thick and thin. So when, you know, someone like that comes up and says hello, I'm not going to go, mate, piss off because the public says that I shouldn't yep. be yep. nice with you. Okay. So, but, it, you know, with the, the Toby thing, I had a photo then. I, I rang Ed straight away. I said, Mum, I'm telling, I'll just let you know. Had a photo with Toby. I'm not going to say no, like... Well, I know I've met him a couple of times, we're not best mates, but if I'd seen him walking down the street, I'd probably shake his hand and say, hey, how you going, and, and move on. You know, if people are nice to me, why would I, you know, be not nice to them just because people in the media say that I shouldn't be hanging around people like that? You're definitely a clean skin on the field. Your Brownlow votes are incredible. You only won one, but there was a four-year period where you racked up 109 votes, which is average 27 a year. It's just only have one, Mike. <laughs> well, you were, probably. Yeah, no, um, yeah. yeah well... You're top ten in the list of Brownlow vote-getters in history. Yeah, that's nice, but it's not, you know... I'll, I clearly have no idea about that until you told me. It's not... You know, I don't lay awake at night thinking, geez, I've got a few Brownlow votes, or, you know, <laughs> I've, I've did this and I did that. It, it, you know, I don't want 
football to define me as a, as a person. Like, I want me as a person to define me, not what I did on the football field, you know? So it's nice to hear those things, but I honestly don't... You, um, how are you there? A bit tired? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I wasn't... I was very hungover there, Mike. <laughs> no. I was at, I was at that <laughs> yeah. Brownlow when you, no, when you was, um, the night you won. Yeah, no, well, I was playing in the granny the next week, obviously, so... Um, so did you, did you have a drink nah, after the Brownlow? No, nah, clearly not. No, um, no. Come on, Mom, no, that's I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. <laughs> so, nothing, so you were just up a bit late? Yeah, I was probably... Because I was playing the next week, they weren't too bad. About 3 a.m. I think my mum and dad and my family sort of celebrated for me. But um, about 3 a.m. I got to bed. But you know, it's, it's you win the Brownlow, and not that you know I don't think about it. But it's obviously you, yeah. you're there, so you might as well win it. So it was a bit hard to get to sleep that night because you know you're, you're pretty pumped up that you've yeah. won. And but you go to the footy club next day, and you know all the boys say piss out. It's a pretty good levelling place. The footy clubs, when they tell you in no certain terms that you're back with the rest, and um, that's why I love playing a team sport. If I wanted to play individual sports for individual awards, I would have played another sport. Are you any good at any other sport? No, that's probably the other reason. <laughs> that's probably the other reason I'm not good at anything else. So the grand final that year, how'd you play? Um, I, I, OK. Oh, 2011, um, no, nah, terrible. Uh, Cameron Lynn got a hold of me. Um, She's done that to a few boats. Yeah, but to get beaten on the big stage, it's, thanks for bringing this up, Mike. But, uh, but yeah, listen, it happens. Some people get beat. I just got beat on the biggest day of them all. But um, do you think, did the week contribute to that, do you think? No. No? I, I didn't run it. It's not like I ran out of puff halfway through third and said, geez, if I hadn't won that brown low, I'd have ten more kicks now. Mm. He just got me. Um, Geelong was just a very, very good side. The only side we didn't beat all year. He, I think we won... We beat. We didn't lose another. We didn't lose a game to anyone else. I think that year, apart from Geelong, they beat us mm. three times. So they had us, um, and yeah, it was just unfortunate. But that's completely out of my brain. Well, just a quick, why is why is Lingy so good? Does he? I don't think he cheats. Does he? he didn't. Well, did he? If you're not paying, if you're not getting a free kicker paid against you, you're not cheating, are you? Yeah. You're not cheating. You're not trying. But if you're the player playing against him, sometimes you can think that. Yeah, clearly. He's well, if I wasn't, yeah. If as soon as someone laid a hand on you when you're playing in the midfield, you think, yeah. You know, It'd be a bit different now, but those, you know, because you can't do anything these days in midfield, you know, it's easy. But, um, yeah, he was just very good. He was very disciplined, very strong and tight, so um, it was hard to move at a stoppage. You know, and Geelong were an amazing side. They were very disciplined. You know, once you, you know, probably one thing Lingy didn't have was leg speed. So, and the one thing I had was leg mm -hmm. speed. So, once you, I did try and get away from him, like, you know, someone like Corey Enright would come off of half back and make sure that you didn't get it until he got back to you. So, mm -hmm. they were just a brilliant side. And, Mate, he got me. Well, there's nothing I can say about it. The draw grand final, the replay, you're 19 in the second half. That's a yeah. big return, isn't it? Yeah, no, so, yeah, I think I had 10, 11 tackles too, which is probably, I, I, don't, mm. I didn't have 11 tackles in my Midfielders career. Midfielders don't my, tackle. I was going to say, I didn't have 11 tackles in my career <laughs> and I got them on grand final day. But, but yeah, it was, it was nice to play well in a, in, a, um, in a big game. I played well a couple of times in them and played you ordinary in one. You did. So. I want to ask you about um, your last game. It was round one of it's quick. 2016. What happened to your foot? Um, well, I went up for a mark and, and fumbled it. Um, went down and broke um, broke my leg, broke four metatarsals in my foot and ruptured my Lynch Frank ligament. So, yeah, it wasn't nice, but... And that was the end? Yeah, it was. It was the last time I ever played, but, you know, I'd rather have had it at 32 than at 27 in my prime, you know? Oh, sure. So I yeah. played, you know... At the start, if you had asked me, well, would I have taken 50 games 
<laughs> I would have taken it in a heartbeat. But everyone says that when they haven't played any. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. exactly. And, but I wasn't a number one draft pick. I wasn't touted to be a star. I was, you know, even after three years in when I was nearly sacked, I, mean, I would have taken ten games. But um, to have done what I did with someone who didn't have a lot of talent um, was... That's, you, you've got to stop peddling that story. Well, the, well, I, well, I didn't. I couldn't do much with it. The one thing I had the ability to do was to get it. Yeah. That was that was what it's, I could do. It's pretty important in this game. Well, I think, yeah, it's probably one of the it's hardest thing to do. But <laughs> so I said I had to get it a lot of times to be able to you know, have an impact. So that's what I tried to do. But listen, it is what it is. Did you? How, how long did you see that you had in front of you? Uh, when did I know I was going to retire? Yeah. Uh, pretty soon. Yeah, once I realised the enormity of it. Um, no, no, I'm sure but when you went into that season, uh, did you think you had... One, oh, well, two, how many three, years yeah, did I think yeah. I had left? Okay. Um, well, if when you're on a one, when you get to 32, if you unless you're Scott Penelope, Robert Harvey, you know, Brent Harvey or something like that, Dustin Fletcher, you, if you're not if you're not expecting to have one year career, you know, you should be thinking for your future every year because mm. you hurt yourself, bang you're out, and if mm. you're thinking you're going to play till 35, you don't have any backup plans. Well, you know, you're an idiot. So every year I was like, this might be my last year. Um, if, I didn't, if I didn't play well, I didn't want to hang around and be one of those players where... That's why I get Swanee out. Like, Swanee, what are you still doing here? Like, mm. You've had a great career. Don't, I didn't want to be those players where the last memories of me for the supporters who have been amazing for me, they've supported me through my whole career, my ups and downs. I didn't want my last vision of... The, my, their last vision of me to be just a battler out there who couldn't get to where he mm. needed to get to. So that's why I made the ultimate decision to retire. You know, Bucks, they, get, they offered me a contract... And I was like, well, I'm just not sure that, you know, if my body can't get to where my brain expects me to get to, I, I don't want people playing, you know, finishing my career in the twos and running around. So, you know, they say, mm. die a hero or live, or live long enough to become the villain. I don't want to become the villain, so I try <laughs> no, to die a hero. doesn't suit you being yeah, a villain. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> what are you hinting at there? I was called fat. By whom? What, the media or something? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Robbo. Oh, Robo did. Yeah, I oh know. Well, yeah, pot kettle there. When I found out about this, I was actually eating a bucket of KFC. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. I was in a car with someone, and I was eating KFC, and someone texted me that you've just been called fat. So I was like, okay, well, it's probably not a great look now, is it? Did you eat fast food? Yeah. When you were playing? Yeah, I did. Um, listen, the diet was probably the the ones, you know, I probably lacked a bit. Um, I, I lived with mates, and I just, um, you know, it was probably more. You know, the hungover food I probably mm, wasn't great. Like, mm. during the week, like, we'd cook and eat normally, but it was probably more, like, desserts and stuff, which I couldn't stay away from. But but my skin folds were under the target they needed to be, just by a whisker. Mm, but, mm. you know, um, you know, there's all type of things. You rub moisturiser on your stomach to try and get the calipers <laughs> to thin out a bit. So we're trying all kinds of things. But, Have you blown up or not? You don't look to have. Um, my, probably being in the jungle was probably the best thing that, that happened to me. So I, I played it about... 94, 95 kilos for the last sort of, you know, six, seven years of my career. And then when I hurt my foot, you know, I couldn't, literally couldn't do anything. So I blew out to, I raised the bat, I blew out to about 101. Mm. And you don't notice it, and you know, because just every day. And then I went to the jungle, lost 15 kilos, coming out at 87. I hadn't been 87 since I was probably 17, 18. And, you know, because I made the final, they showed me, they do like the final highlights. They showed me my audition tape and I was like, Shit, I've eaten a pillow. Well, thank God I come in this show. And then, so from that day, I was like, you know what? I've take, I've kept it off. Let's, let's see what I can do. So I'm about 91 now. So I'm surprised you were able to cut 94 kegs around as well as you did. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just 
Yeah, it's just my body type. Yeah. Uh, I blame, you can blame my parents for that. <laughs>
Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just a big Collingwood supporter. You know, I love the Pies, love what they did for me, love what they still do for me. You know, they've supported me through everything I've ever done. So, you know, it was heartbreaking last year and, you know, I, I love them and I want them to succeed, I want them to win. I, I go to every game, especially when Ed can slide me into the presidents. It's, <laughs> it's nice watching them behind the glass. So You've got to wear a tie there, though. No, you don't have to wear a tie. It's the collar. It's business casual. Okay. Business casual. So, um, well, I don't, I don't own. I don't own a tie, Mike. So I can't. <laughs> um, as you can see, what I'm dressed in today. But, but, but I love them, mate, and I, I want them to succeed. And it's great thing is, you know, John Benny Johnson goes. Chris Tarrant mm. works there. Alan Dynak's always there. A couple of people I'm still, you know, Muzzy, who I'm still close with from the footy club. We all go there and, and have a few beers and, and watch the pie. So it's. You know, it's kind of like going back and, yeah. and seeing all the old boys again and enjoying it. You know, if I had to pick a player that I think you'd have a special empathy with, it's probably uh, number two, is it? To go Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a mouse pack starting at Collingwood. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, they Jayden might grow into a rat pack. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a special talent. He's got a lot of Dustin Martin about him. Um, he's a special player. He's made some blues and we've spoken about them. Mm. And um, You and he have? Yeah, I yeah. spoke to him after the... Drink driving thing when he got suspended. I yep. rang him and said, mate, don't let this define your career. Um, you come back and have an awesome back half of the year and have an awesome career. No one gives but a But you hoot. didn't give him an out. You didn't say, oh, don't worry about it. Well, I said don't worry about it because if you if you hold on to these things, like Jaden said, if you hold on to it for your whole, you know, for your whole career, it's going to be it's going to be a burden for you. So you just got to let it go and just forget about it and, and move on and try and do the best you can. So I was like, what's done is done. You can't, you can't worry about it now. You've done it. So, you know, move on. Do all the right things. And if you have an amazing career, no one's going to be sitting here when you're doing open mic in 25 years <laughs> thinking, you know, that was, you know, make it a catalyst for your career. So, so okay. and he has. Hey, you've been a star, mate. There's no doubt about that. Great career at Collingwood. Don't shake your head. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I've been trying for five years to get you on. And I'm really pleased that you finally agreed. No Thanks. worries, mate. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Mate. Cheers, mate. This has been a Fox Sports production.